Philips is focused on innovation to improve the health and well-being of people. Our devices and device-agnostic informatics solutions can scale across your enterprise to help care teams diagnose, treat, and manage patients with accuracy, speed, and confidence. By connecting the digital patient story, physicians and clinicians have intelligence for decision-making in the moment and insight to see beyond. It's our privilege to partner with you to care for the carers and to improve the lives of the people and patients they serve. Philips, innovation and you. This is Kate Cruz recording live at the 8th Annual Becker's HIT Digital Health and RCM Conference in Chicago. I'm here with Ron Double. Ron, to get us started, can you share a bit about yourself and your role at your organization? Yeah, good morning. Um, I'm Ron Double. I'm the Chief Information Officer for Parkview Health. And just kind of an overview of Parkview, we're an integrated delivery uh, system headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We serve Northeast Indiana, Northwest Ohio, and Southern Michigan. Uh, we have about 12, we have 12 hospitals, uh, 12 hospital campuses, and about 200 ambulatory uh, locations uh, across that area. Um, as Chief Information Officer, um, I've been with Parkview for 34 years and served as their Chief Information Officer since 2008, um, where I have accountability for uh, the traditional IT, the electronic health record, all the technical, normal technical services, biomedical services or clinical engineering, um, health information management operations, and a variety of other IT-related services. Fantastic. Thanks for that introduction. When you think of digital innovation in healthcare right now, what excites you the most and why? Well, I think like everybody at this conference, the things that excite us the most are natural language processing and then how it applies to AI and how we interact with uh, the systems and how that's changing. I think when you think about uh, that whole world of AI and NLP, and then you team that with things like um, inexpensive genetic sequencing, genomics, and all the data that's available, we're going to under we're going to have more knowledge, more new knowledge about uh, patients, about care conditions than ever before. So I think that's what excites me the most is I think we're really in the trend going to transition healthcare dramatically over the next uh, few years. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. At your organization, what are top priorities for technology and what are the big issues that you're trying to solve with that? Yeah, I think one of the things that we're all facing as nonprofit healthcare is how do you pull a margin in today's world and how do you compete uh, with all the new entrants? And so I think one of the first things we were really looking at is how do we drive uh, provider and coworker efficiency and effectiveness? Um, and then reducing all those mundane things that people don't want to do and trying to eliminate those so that their jobs become worthwhile. And I think that's an important part of it. I think the other thing is, you know, just like everyone else, we're trying to improve the quality of care that we provide and how how best to do that is we believe is to engage our patients actively in that um, in that care continuum. And so a lot of work being done in engaging patients from the start. And then finally, making it easy to access us. Uh, traditional healthcare has a lot of baggage. We have a lot of uh, fixed assets that we bring along and uh, the the new entrants don't necessarily have that. So how do we make it easy to do business with us and uh, help to continue to build that loyalty of our patients with us? Yeah. Those are big, big initiatives. That's definitely a unique pers perspective from the nonprofit side. Um, and I really like how you said you know, a lot of people are saying that we're using technology to eliminate burnout, but you made it making their jobs worthwhile. Yeah, I, I think 
burnout's re- realistic. I mean, that's real. Um, people don't want to do the mundane tasks, but they want to do the things that are really changing uh, patients' outcomes. And so if you can get rid of all that stuff and they can focus on the important things, they'll enjoy their, their jobs and they'll be worthwhile work. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing. What is one piece of advice that you would give to healthcare leaders today regarding digital innovation? So when we think about digital innovation, there's a lot of shiny objects out there. There's all these things that you could go after. You really have to look at digital innovation and say, what is important to our patients and our patient outcome? Are we trying to solve a problem or do we have a solution that we're trying to apply to a problem? There's quite a difference in the way you look at that. And so from my perspective, it's really important to be solving problems. And I think we all have to be willing to fail fast. Obviously, there's things that you don't want to impact your patients and the outcome. So you have to make sure you take the safety of your patients first. But there's lots of areas where we can innovate and try new things, and we can really fail fast and move on to the next thing. If it doesn't work, think of what you learn from those failures. Um, I would tell you my career is built on a lot of successes, but also an awful lot of failures that I had to learn from. Oh, I can think of many of them. Um, (laughs) We'll get to that in the next question. I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) But really, I think uh, that that's really important. And I'll tell you, one of my key mentors in my career said to me, I would rather see you get uh, five out of seven right than three out of three. In other words, move quickly, uh, try things. And if you fail occasionally, learn from your failures and keep moving rather than just getting three out of three. Yeah, that's really a good point. I like that advice. Thanks for sharing. So we won't go into specifics on the failures, but do you have any uh, specific examples um, that you'd like to share where integration of informatic solutions led to improved patient outcomes or enhanced patient provider communication or any other examples you'd like to share? Oh yeah, I've got I've got several, but I'll, I'll stick with a few that are really obvious. Um, the first one is uh, the implementation of MyChart or the patient portal. Um, you know, we leverage our patient portal with about 60, 65% of our patients uh, that we see. And I'd like to see it higher than that, but we're getting there. Um, but uh, that interaction with our patients, our patients are excited to interact with us. We have more information going back and forth with the patients. That whole idea of sharing um, results instantly and open notes that everybody was so afraid of turns out to be uh, one of the things that the patients love the most. They know what's going on in their care. So I think that's probably one of the best ones. And then when we think about that, we've expanded that now that they can have virtual visits, they can have video visits, they can do uh, interact with us in video. Our, our caregivers can give them um, um, flow sheets to fill out. So we have patient uh, data coming into the system. It's just a really cool way that we've improved patient care and uh, uh, throughout. I think another one that we often don't think about is communication and how do our caregivers communicate with um, each other. And uh, one of the the implementation of a secure chat environment where our our providers can real-time interact with the nurses on the floor, can real-time interact with respiratory therapy or whoever the therapy therapist is. It's a real-time instant interaction. It's just eliminated all those phone calls where you called people, you didn't get a call back. Imagine how impactful that is on the patient It's if it's instant rather than being, you know, um, you, uh, you taking multiple time to steps. get there. Yeah, multiple yeah. steps. It's just everything's instant. So I think those are a couple of them. I could go into a lot more, but I'll, I'll stop you know, there. I, I like how you brought up the my chart because that's such a 
you know, I feel like so many organizations utilize that so many, like you said, 80 some percent of patients utilize that, you know, from the patient perspective myself, like, I, I feel like with all the AI and stuff that that portal has kind of been breezed over recently and like the value of it. Um, so I really like how you because that is such a great example of, you know, I, I've experienced that and like getting results back immediately, you know, being able to schedule online. That's all really useful stuff. Um, so moving on to my next question, um, five years from now, what do you think will be some of the most significant changes in healthcare delivery and operations? How should leaders prepare? And I want to kind of throw in a bonus question here. You've been at your organization for 30 years. And so how has, how, you know, you've, you've seen a lot of change there. And so, you know, how does that, you know, influence your thoughts on the next five years? Yeah. So when I think about the next five years and how we're transforming healthcare, there's really a lot of things that drive that. And, and probably the first one is um, um, all of the information that we have available and the AI and um, uh, the natural language processing. Imagine the change in how we deliver healthcare when your patients can interact in a conversational way with the systems and get answers. So I think you're going to see more and more patients who choose to do self-treatment. And so how do we, you know, we have to prepare for that and how we come alongside them uh, in that, in their self-treatment, if you will, because I do think that's a, a big change. I think we'll also see as, you know, the, the uh, population continues to age, we're going to, and now we have all this new knowledge that's being developed. We're going to continue to find ways to improve that that life expectancy and move that life expectancy out. So how do we care for those older patients in different settings than we've traditionally ever cared for them, I think is a is another big one. When I think about operationally, the need for some of the jobs or the roles that we have today, such as a coder, a coding um, systems, it just becomes, and uh, you don't need it any longer. And so I think we're gonna see a lot of transition in those roles. And I think the only way you can prepare for that is really to sit down and lay out what is your three, five, seven year look at, at the future. And I think once you get past about five years, it gets pretty fuzzy, but look at that uh, plan and then start making your adjustments now so that down the road, you're ready for those changes because there's going to be a lot of changes in healthcare. Yeah. And if you don't adapt, you're going to be left behind. <laughs> exactly. Um, so in 30, you know, in 34 years, when I came into Parkview, I, I hate to admit this, we had a mainframe computer with um, 900 dumb terminals attached to it. And we had get this 70 um, personal computers and only about half of those were networked. So that's uh, when I came into Parkview. So, and I absolutely disliked healthcare completely. I thought this is not something I want to do. I had been in manufacturing. I loved health IT and manufacturing. So, but I came in and then I got the opportunity to spend about the, uh, the next year or two actually living on the patient floors, working with the caregivers. And I'll tell you that changed my whole outlook on what we could do. And so I've always had this vision that we are going to automate this. We're going to learn new knowledge. We're going to get more and more. So this is really exciting to have all this data. So in 2010, we we started something anywhere we could get data, whether we knew what to do with it or not, we were going to gather it and we were going to use it at some point. I didn't know where we were going to use it, but now with all the AI and all the analytics work that's being done, all that data that we've collected all those years has really come, uh, come to use. So very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Did you expect anything that 
you know, is happening today in healthcare, IT, and technology when you started at your organization? Well, no, I, I think, um, no. Um, <laughs> you know, I, who knew that we were going to have the advances we have? Uh, who knew that you'd be carrying everything around in your in your hand uh, on your smartphone? You know, when I started, uh, we were still using mainframes and we were start just starting to get into that networked uh, systems. And so it's just a totally different world now yeah. than it was when I started. Absolutely. Well, Ron, I've had a pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks for spending some time. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know before we leave? Um, I think the only thing that I, I noted that I thought was uh, somewhat important, um, you know, I spent most of my career focused on this technology and it's just so exciting where we're going. And so it's really important to keep that passion, you know, about healthcare technology and what we can achieve, because I think we're going to have a, a profound change in how we treat patients in the next just few years. It's not going to be a decade away. It's just in the next few years, we're going to see a profound change. Yeah, it's happening fast. Well, Ron, thanks again for your time today. It was a pleasure and we're all set. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.